Yeah, we don't want to do anything to scare your children. That's the last thing we want to do. We don't want to scare anybody. Hello everyone, welcome back to Leftover. This is Arjun. And I'm Rory. I'm extremely glane-pilled at the moment. I'm absolutely tweaking right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, ever since we've uh, now officially launched our first Patreon-exclusive content, uh, you know, now now we have yeah. to uh, tick off the next thing on our leftist podcast checkbox, which is to do an episode on Jeffrey Epstein's close associate and alleged accomplice, Ghislaine Maxwell, whose trial has you just started. Exactly. I mean, it's it's just got to be done. Um, whose trial started, <laughs> um, I think, exactly a week ago. I think today was the seventh yes. day of the trial. Um, yes. On the day of the recording. Uh, and uh, joining us to, to discuss this is very special guest, Alice caldwell Kelly from Trash Future and various other podcasts. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, how are you doing? Thank, yeah, thank, thank, thanks so much for joining. Um, oh, my pleasure. Very, very excited to, to get Ghislaine pilled with you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, hard not to. And, and, and now we've almost had the full Trash Future crew on as well. It's just, just Milo missing. So I think, mm. I think we need to, to find, some, find, find some dirt on Milo. That's because we're, uh, we're a pro-Ukraine podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, please, please don't, don't say anything. <laughs> don't release those recordings. <laughs> Absolutely, but um, yeah. So yeah, the the trial started um, about a week ago, hasn't it? And uh, yeah, I mean, how would you say the first few few days have gone so far? Well, it's been a it's been a very quiet start. There's only been two presidents of the United <laughs> States officially named on record in the first week. <laughs> Obviously, uh, Bill Clinton and Donald Trump. Uh, even though Trump's uh, obviously Trump's sort of main um, victim is Virginia Jufri, uh, who's not not involved in this case, I don't believe. So he's sort of tangentially re- involved. But it's been yeah, it's a, been a crazy few days. Um, the the de- defense for uh, Ghislaine is an interesting character. She's called Bobby Sternheim uh, with an I. Um, and she's um, she came out all guns blazing. She started. Uh, Ever since Eve was accused of tempting Adam with the apple, <laughs> women have been blamed for the bad behaviour of men, and women are often vilified and punished more than men are. Read uh, Helena Kennedy once and comes up with this theory of Jewish... Fantastic. Great. I love this. Uh, this is this is cool. I love feminism, and uh, I, I love to sort of think... What if Ghislaine Maxwell is actually, you know, working twice as hard and only doing 77% of the paedophilia? <laughs> no one really talks about the paedophilia gap, do they? <laughs> it's, not, it's not a gap that generally people are keen to close. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, uh, generally speaking, the, the defense's approach has been like, both like painting her as as 
uh, Epstein's victim uh, herself, mm. uh, and and also like completely yeah. discrediting the actual victims, right? Uh, you know, and just like yeah. questioning their memory and shit like this, which is like oftentimes what they do, um, and in these kinds of cases, yeah, yeah just uh, sort of bread and butter stuff. Uh, ha- have you, you know, I put it to you that you're uh, lying and also insane, and also you don't remember anything because you're crazy. <laughs> that that kind of like upstanding moral uh, line of questioning, yeah. She hired a, uh, a a kind of psychological expert on false memories. So she's really building up to the whole. Ooh, yeah, d- d- were were you really on a plane with Bill Clinton, or was this like past life regression? <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is very cynical because obviously, with with trauma, the the memory can be you know really sort of torn up and lacking in many cases, and then to kind of exploit that as part of a case like this, it's very grim. Yeah. It, listen, it, it could have it could have been any plane and any president in history. How do you know you weren't on the right flyer with Calvin Coolidge? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, th- that's the thing. I mean, uh, like um, the the thing that automatically springs to mind because it was like such a high profile case as well, and it was all like fully broadcasted was the the Brett Kavanaugh case from uh, from a couple of years ago, right? Um, mm, yeah. And um, yeah. what was the name of the um, of the Christine Blasey Ford. Christine Blasey Ford. That's yes. it, exactly. And I was like, I remember like watching those testimonies. I think live, um, and uh, yeah, just just like the line of questioning and the way that her accounts of the incident were were just like so cynically sort of addressed. And and in the end, obviously, nothing yeah. happened, and Brett Kavanaugh became a Supreme Court judge. Right? Is the it was the melodrama in the in the Kavanaugh case. It was gripping TV, yeah. and obviously this isn't uh, this is federal court, so you're not allowed to record it. Like, had this been allowed to be on live TV, it would the be trial of the century, blockbuster, wouldn't it? It would, yeah. <laughs> you just be. But like this, by this memory so expert as well that they've brought in is someone who yeah. was involved in the O.J. Simpson trial as well. I think was involved in like. Yep. Some some other stuff as well, like some other some pretty high profile stuff. So like she's herself, like I think like a, a celebrity within that field, you know. So like mm. yeah, the other yeah the other line of defense, but really the main one for Ghislaine is that she was kind of an employee mm-hmm. of Epstein <laughs> rather than being his you know partner lover confidant. Yes. Ra- Confidant. That's the yeah, the, the word. That, Co-conspirator. Yeah. If you want to get prosecutorial about yeah. it, yeah. yes. And this has been building up in the media for quite a long time. About a year ago, there was a big piece in Vanity Fair by a guy called Mark Seal, and basically, like the piece wasn't too bad in general, but it took a very sympathetic line towards Ghislaine at times. In uh, in that uh, it focuses on after her father Robert Maxwell died, she was twenty nine, and obviously up to this point she had been living a life of luxury. She had been you know, living a life of complete opulence. Mm. Being being orphaned at the age of twenty nine is dangerously close to the joke about the the kid who murders both his parents and then pleads mercy because he's an orphan. You know. <laughs> <laughs> But like yeah, at I know at the age of twenty nine, you should really be on your own two feet. But like the only the only jobs she'd ever done at this point were just jobs which were invented to, for her by her dad, like some 
you know, you, you just invent these random companies in New York and just says like, go to the business factory. Yeah, it's like that, that um, you know, uh, in The Sopranos when they like, Give jobs to those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Ghislaine Maxwell, sanitation employee of the year. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so when she was twenty nine, and to her father, the billionaire Robert Maxwell, uh, the the media tycoon and spy uh, mm-hmm. who is from Czechoslovakia, he passed away, and so it kind of this piece portrays her as. You know, this like spoiled little girl who goes looking for a kind of new daddy, a new billionaire to take care of her and ends up in the arms of Jeffrey Epstein and everything she wants to do, it's to impress him. It says in the piece that um, that uh, she really wanted to marry him. That was her dream. So, you know, like all of the, every all of this stuff was fundamentally to impress him. She was very much under his influence, which I don't think is true whatsoever. No. I think... Um, the first thing like about Ghislaine Maxwell, she is clearly very mm. intelligent. I, she went to Oxford. I know it doesn't really mean anything going to Oxbridge, like when you're rich as shit. <laughs> like in the like back in the eighties and nineties, if you had a rich parent, you could just like write a letter basically saying like "Let me in," and it was like it was, it was very easy. Mm. But uh, she she clearly is very intelligent. She's clearly very cynical very self-assured if you watch like the videos of her doing her yeah. her sort of bullshit uh save the oceans thing the terra mar project she's yeah. she's perfectly able to like uh, you know hold a n- not to like veer into keir starmer the ability to like give a presentation or chair a meeting these are substantial <laughs> skills but agile ceremonies <laughs> yeah exactly exactly <laughs> so um yeah and yeah the crucially the um interview last year i think it was on nbc with virginia jufri she actually says that galen is worse than jeffrey epstein she's more intelligent she's more cynical she's more yeah. evil and i think it, the 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 way she's painted as getting close to the girl she she sort of inserts herself as a kind of mm-hmm. maternal mm-hmm. figure and then she she begins to groom yeah, them yeah. essentially. It's uh, well, a classic place case of grooming. And because she's a woman, it kind of like gives that extra sense of reassurance, yeah. I think, as well. Um, sure. Which is, I think, like yeah, it's definitely. it's like quite a classic tactic that's like used in in these kinds of situations. Which makes which makes Bobby Sternheim's thing about you know Eve be being accused of tempting mm. Adam that makes it even more yeah, cynical yeah. the fact Absolutely. that her gender does play a role in her crimes mm. but you know in not what? <laughs> not in the way that she's yeah to make them to make them more effective yes exactly like yeah. what's what's been pretty uh, astonishing to me is like watching any of the media coverage of the trial or you know so so many of the um, pieces which have tried to paint Ghislaine Maxwell in a sympathetic light you know they can't help yep. themselves but like talk about this in like the most sensationalist way possible and like it just springs to it brings to mind images of like harley quinn and the joker or something you know like that's the kind of language that they used to like to, to describe their their relationship uh yeah like, she, she was his queen yeah and, exactly um, she was crazy exactly exactly you know <laughs> and uh and, and how she but she was actually you know like the the uh, you know, she she was actually like under his his abuse, you know, and uh, you know she was she was actually a victim, but they were madly in love, you know, and and it's like, dude, like, yeah. what are you what are you talking about? Like, this is 
you know, like, where are the actual victims of this? You know, like, this is, I mean, it's just insane to me that, that like, this is the approach. And, like, it's so difficult to, like, get, like, something even remotely, like, dispassionate when talking about this, um, you know, because yeah. it's, like, all sensationalized to, like, you know, turned up to 11. Well, the, the first problem is that it's more or less impossible to find a senior journalist who's not her yeah. name, <laughs> like, who didn't go to school with her, been, who's been to a party with her. It's uh, So, like, getting any sort of fair and balanced coverage is is uh, just impossible. But what really annoys me is um, this line you keep hearing about, oh, this, like, the Jeffrey Epstein and Glenn Maxwell thing, it's... Uh, it's a timeless tale of glamour and yeah, sex and intrigue like, in mm. high society. Like, but I think that that, that really annoys. I I think that most people's response to this is resentment at, and, and anger at these, you know, upper class people acting with complete impunity. You know, just reckless and immoral people living, leaving sort of a string of broken lives behind them, mm. and and just never facing any consequences. Obviously. You know, Robert Maxwell, after he'd used, you know, uh, like, the pension fund, hundreds of millions of pounds, which belonged to, you know, people who worked all their lives, he used these to prop up his failing, his failing empire. And at the end of it, he just falls off the Lady Ghislaine boat. Uh, it's either a suicide or a murder, or maybe he didn't even die. It's the uh, people haven't even worked. Yeah, Robert yet. Robert Maxwell alive in Serbia, <laughs> possibly <laughs> along exactly. with Tupac. Yeah, <laughs> the Robert Maxwell Tupac compilation album is really like a weird time. <laughs> so it's you know no one faces any consequences. The absolute worst that happens to you is you just have a a quick easy death like Jeffrey Epstein. You know it's you never. I know he went to prison for a bit. He went to prison for 13 months in total, and most of that was house arrest. Mm. So we were, well, it's like, Epstein. Um, you know, the, yeah, yeah, Epstein I mean, it, went it, to it prison for 13 prison. months. He was yeah. allowed to like go home at night. Yeah. Like It was like day prison. <laughs> like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or like, it was like, oh no, like he had to come back to, he had to like sleep in prison, I think, but he was allowed to like just leave for the rest of the day. Like, I, think, yeah. I think that that's, oh, that's yeah. the, that was the arrangement. It was like, it's completely normal. Sorry, did they did they confuse being a paedophile with being a vampire? Like he's only <laughs> active during the night, so if you let him out during the day, it's fine. <laughs> it's uh, it always makes you think about the endings of Martin Scorsese films, which get it perfectly right every time. In the fact that no one ever faces any consequences. <laughs> it's always like an underwhelming and quite hollow ending. But there's, there is also this other Scorsese thing here where we have to make everything into this like tragic arc, right? And so that's why yeah. we have to talk yeah. about the glamour and things like that. It's like, yeah. because otherwise there's no fall. If it's just grubby the whole way through, then, you know, there's no satisfying narrative yeah. there. But like uh, the, the end of the film, The Wolf of Wall Street, I think is perfect when... Uh, you know, the final scene, like, after all of this angst and, you know, really immoral activity you've seen throughout, you know, two hours on on screen, at the end, he's just kind of playing tennis in this, like, yeah, country yeah, yeah, exactly. club-ass prison. Mm. It's this really unsatisfactory and uncathartic <laughs> ending. And that's ultimately what's going to happen to Ghislaine. I mean, she's probably going to get, like, she's facing up to 30 years in prison. She's probably going to get, like, five and then let out after 18 months or something like that mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah and and the the white collar federal prisons in the in the u.s it's just nothing it, i mean that that is a perfect representation of it like they're just playing tennis in this kind of you know sanitized comfy 
comfy little retirement village essentially that, that's all it is yeah she she makes she makes whatever deal she's already made to avoid getting suicide and then just lives in club fed for a bit and then yeah. disappears forever great fantastic and yeah just the looking at the you know the trail of victims she left in a in a wake i think jane doe in uh in this case she said something really moving um i think it was on the second day she said, uh, how do you navigate a healthy relationship with a broken compass? Mm. I didn't even understand what real love is supposed to look like. It ruined my self-esteem, my self-worth. So, I mean, it's, just, it's impossible to comprehend how, how it feels to be abused and taken advantage of as a, as a child. I mean, how, what, what, can that to do, what that can do for your, your sense of self and your, your sense of self-worth and esteem. It's... Mm. Um, it's, it's, it's a trail of broken people she left behind her. It's um, grotesque, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, like you were saying as well, that like according to the, the testimonies of the victims, um, almost universally, like they they paint her as the most evil person that they've ever met. Like yeah. that, you know, like that they blame her even more than epstein in some cases also not just not just the victims but also the house oh juan alessi he's a guy f- mm-hmm. yeah juan alessi yeah he absolutely hates galen with a burning passion it's almost kind of comical because <laughs> uh, he's sort of describing like cleaning her sex toys and stuff and uh, it's almost a bit like faulty towers-esque there's just sort of like lesson there is that if you're going to do this sort of like criminality stay friends with the help you know <laughs> yeah. like d- be nice to the person who cleans your dildos. yeah yeah because otherwise they will testify <laughs> against you in federal court <laughs> and actually that was that was quite a that's that was the closest thing we've come to a bombshell in the case uh, so far that uh, Juan Alessi said that the sex toys were always returned to Maxwell's bathroom, not not Epstein's. So like they proved that you know, Epstein was getting massages from fourteen-year-old girls, and the, there were these you know these sex toys left behind, and they were actually returned to to Ghislaine Maxwell. So she's not it's not just a case of abetting this and you know organizing. No, she's this. like intimately involved. Yeah, yeah, she is, and and, well, and you know various victims are testifying or have done as well in civil cases before that she she wasn't just you know an organizer she wasn't just the pimp or the madam mm. she was she herself abused these yeah. girls mm. yeah and and um i think especially when you look at like you know when you're talking about the lack of consequences um you know with with, with prince andrew in yeah. particular like the fact that at least over here the police dropped the charges i think that like the, um, the the case against him is still running in the states from what yeah. i believe exactly yeah. but at least like in the yeah. uk it was just like so obvious that like that that, that nothing was going to happen right and like it's it's almost like there's this attitude that like of course we're the royals of course we're going to nonce you know like well, like why would you even yeah. question this <laughs> you know it's like considered like the sort of natural state of affairs in a way um, yeah the done thing yeah, exactly. The sort of grim thing about Virginia Giuffre, she was she began her life uh, working at Mar-a-Lago in Florida, mm. you know, the Trump yeah. place. And she was a she was a masseuse. And that's where she met uh, Maxwell, who said, oh, you should come you know, be a masseuse for mm. Jeffrey Epstein. And, it, and obviously it came from here and she ended up with Prince Andrew. It's a very um, it's a very stark symbol of the, the kind of uh, class aspect oh, yeah. of this. 
uh, exploitation. It's so like incestuous too, yeah. Yeah, it's and I believe her her dad actually works at Mar-a-Lago as well, and you can imagine being him and knowing that like mm. the workplace, this place you thought you were, you know, working hard to, you know create a better life for your family mm. this ultimately ended up with your daughter being pimped out to a royal mm. it's um it's a very sort of brazen illustration of the yeah the kind of class-based exploitation of even elite old-school european royals but also you know kind of more more like bourgeois monarchs which is what what the maxwells are really yeah the, the sort of new money tycoons like Robert Maxwell and Rupert Murdoch. Well, that's the thing that fascinates me about Ghislaine, too, is that, like, she's sort of the, like, the end to society because, like, Jeffrey Epstein uh, certainly blackmailed people. He certainly, like, was able to launder his reputation and get his name on things, but he was also a very dumb guy. Uh, he was also, like, <laughs> yeah. uh, like, remarkably so like one of the anecdotes about him is yeah, like yeah, gathering yeah. all of these scientists together and like he's listening to fucking steven pinker say some bullshit about cloud <laughs> chips and he just goes but what does that have to do with pussy like he's not a smart guy uh he's he's no. not like uh, a, a charismatic man either Ghislaine serves that role that's why she's in all of the photos that's why she's like in photos with elon musk that's why she's at all of these parties and she's sort of providing this this connection to Jeffrey Epstein, who has the fucking adrenochrome uh, child sex ring that these people want, and that's that's fascinating to me. Jeffrey Epstein, his his skill set is is kind of like a Harry Redknapp. <laughs> I'm, not that... I'm not I'm not implying that Harry Redknapp is a nonce, just to be clear. <laughs> but like that is <laughs> yeah, sure, okay. He's, he's he's the business, the business minded one, whereas she she's the intrigue, she's the intelligence, and she she's everything else in the operation, mm, essentially. Yeah. Epstein Epstein was a good salesman. Epstein had the money, basically. And, and yeah, he somehow yeah. had the yeah, but uh, he he didn't start with yeah. money. He started life as a as a math yeah. teacher employed by Donald Barr, yeah, 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 who yeah. I believe is the the dad of Bill Barr, yeah. who was attorney. And, and then he sort of like reading between the lines, he sort of like blackmailed his way up, but then hit this yeah. sort of like threshold of respectability where he had basically infinity money, but no access yeah. to the yeah. sort of like. Uh, inner circle that has people like Bill Clinton in it. But it doesn't it doesn't make any sense how he started off as a math teacher without having a degree, yeah. without having any like so, so many things about it just like about him just it's like absurd, make no yeah. sense whatsoever about about his history, about the like the fact that uh, like you know, when he left um what's it Best Earns, right? I mean he was yeah, I think he was like mm. a, a partner yeah. at Best Earns and then when he left there he had this um he had this like multi-billion dollar hedge fund where like the minimum investment was something like a hundred million dollars or something like something like huge huge amounts of money um and the whole company had like four employees or something and like had, had like no official office or yeah. and like <laughs> like where the fuck did all this money come from and like there's just like so many questions yeah. when it comes to when it comes to Epstein and like how he actually because he like it was uh, the Victoria's Secret guy like what's his name again um, Wexner I want to say yeah, Leslie yeah, yeah. Wexner Les Wexner exactly like he was the yeah, guy that like yeah. really brought Epstein under his wing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or possibly was like uh, yeah possibly let uh, Epstein as a sort of cuckoo into his nest and found himself controlled by him very quickly yeah like I mean gave him like a power of attorney like while he was still alive mm -hmm. and like sane and stuff which is like, it's just like a, 
bizarre it's thing insane, to happen to yeah. anyone. <laughs> but the the thing that links Jeffrey Epstein and Robert Maxwell are yeah these these mysterious and completely nonsensical little gaps in their life are explained by their very very strong connections to the intelligence community <laughs> yes i mean robert maxwell like he does have this remarkable backstory he he's a jew from at the time it was czechoslovakia i believe the town it's in modern day ukraine but then he is uh, he ended up in hungary and uh just before World War Two, he was nearly executed in Hungary, and his story for escaping the Hungarian uh, Hungarian prison was that he he basically ran away, somehow escaped, and that he he got out of the handcuffs uh, like an old gypsy woman who lived under a bridge somehow cut his handcuffs, huh? and like he he. <laughs> at, yeah, no, honestly, at, at some points he 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 brought up. He used this story at various points in his life and then changed it on and off again. But there are lots of little... I mean, the answer is quite clear. Like, he probably he probably was involved in some sort of espionage early in his life and, like, the British Secret Service got him out of Hungary somehow. Um, so, and it's sort of similar to Epstein in that sense. There are a lot of holes which... Uh, which are filled, uh, which can only really be explained by the help of, of these intelligence uh, services and institutions. Mm. But um, Ma Maxwell went on to become a spy for spy for Britain and then for Mossad later in his life. Also had, also um, was Epstein. close with the KGB. <laughs> he was like, he was playing everyone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was, he was very good friends with Gorbachev yeah, yeah, yeah. as well. <laughs> he, he, he got around a lot, that's yeah. all. I mean, like, is, is it a crime to have a lot of friends? <laughs> he just... He was just a guy who loved hanging out. Yeah, with absolutely. Guys from everywhere. Absolutely. He just, he just spoke. A, he just spoke a lot of languages fluently. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so. Did yeah, nine, nine languages he spoke. Um, it's, um, it's impressive. But yeah, I mean, like he, he really had this kind of like uh, Citizen Kane type of thing about him, right? You know, like this real like media mogul, media tycoon. Who's rags to like, riches? Kind yeah, of thing, yeah, yes. exactly. And they're like, you know, he's yeah. and 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 especially as uh, you know, the the fraud at the heart of his empire was kind of becoming more and more out of control, and like, you know, he was getting further and further into debt, and basically like stealing from his pension funds uh, to like pay for his personal yeah. debt, and and like all sorts of like mad embezzlement um, going on. It's the classic sort of film trope of like the successful businessman who becomes addicted to power and just cannot stop you know like cannot he, he can't be content with uh mm. with his life there, there was a point of his life where you feel like he could have just stopped there he became an extremely successful publisher from these these humble origins mm. and he and you feel like just just be happy with that but he just he, he couldn't it was he was addicted to the power and the money and it's uh it's almost become a, a little bit of a cliche. Yeah, he, he he became an MP after that, and then he then he bought the the Daily Mirror. He did, um, and I don't know if that was the exact uh, sequence of events, but these are things all things that happened <laughs> in yeah. his life. He uh, he bought the Mirror basically because he just really wanted to buy a newspaper his whole life, and I think Murdoch beat him three times. It was the News of the World, the Sun, and another one i can't remember what it was but each time he was pipped by yeah murdoch, he he and, he and murdoch had like a serious rivalry and like a lot of these big yeah. um vanity projects especially towards the, the the end of his life 
a lot of that was like yeah. also because of this competition and this rivalry with Murdoch as mm. well. Yeah. <laughs> Just a couple of cool guys. Um, yeah. yeah. The impression you get of Rupert Murdoch is like he's actually weirdly sort of chill. Like he's kind of a jovial guy. Like none of this this stuff really gets to him. It's like he's a bit of a game thing. You, you don't, you don't, think, that, Robert Maxwell... you don't think that he's actually Logan Roy from Succession. <laughs> 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 but yeah, but Robert Maxwell was an, an egomaniac uh, completely. He was just addicted to, to power and he was famously like, towards the end of his life, he was just this, this monster, this really vile man who was just bullying everyone around him. Mm. The only person he ever really loved was Ghislaine. His ninth and youngest daughter. His ninth and youngest child. That yeah, just, I suppose there was this kind of purity about her as his youngest daughter, which definitely did not last <laughs> until her adulthood. <laughs> <laughs> you could not describe her as pure no. nowadays. Um, and uh, like he'd also like managed to estrange most people close to him by the end of his life. Like pretty much all of his yeah. children. Like towards the end, uh, you know, when he's in one yes. of his mansions uh, in ill health, like he's only surrounded by hired help. Like there's not a single one of his family yeah. members there, for example. And mm. uh, and yes. according to his butler, he would get young girls, doesn't specify what age, uh, to, to come to his office every day and in the afternoon. Mm. And yeah. Um, yeah, it would be locked from inside and they would get... Mm. Uh, they would get um, presents, uh, thank you presents afterwards, like jewellery. When he died, like 90% of his funeral was Mossad. It was just like <laughs> the, whole of, the whole of the Israeli like security apparatus was but there. It's, like, it's, no it's great. There's this, there's this clip like, of Ariel Sharon saying like, oh no, but I can tell you categorically, he wasn't, in with, he wasn't hired by the Mossad in the interviews asking, like, how do you know? Oh no, 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 I can tell you. Like, <laughs> just, just w- wasn't wasn't there another quote about him that like was sort of like unattributed, but is like, uh, listen, no one in the right circles is going to forget everything he did for Israel. Uh, like he was a pretty yeah. highly valued asset. Yeah. And he was, he was very intimately involved in the murder of the man who Exposed the Israeli nuclear program. What if wasn't murdered? Was he? I thought he just went to jail. Oh, sorry. Did I say, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, he was captured. Yeah, yeah, captured. But he was. Um, he he did say he was uh, like tortured. I mm. think in in uh, when he when he was in Israeli prison. Yeah, sorry, he wasn't murdered. Yeah, he was captured uh, in Rome, and it was um... extraordinarily renditioned to Israel. Yes. 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 He was. Yeah. And uh, it was he. What he went to like meet with? Uh, I think it was the editor of the Mirror, Nick Davis, and that was uh, that. That was how he was tracked down. Ultimately, it's not. It's not hundred percent clear how how Robert Maxwell's involved in it, but he, it is very fishy. He's a he's a strange man. <laughs> yeah, and um, I mean, stranger still was the circumstances leading to his death. Um, when yes. you know, like it was nineteen ninety one. By that time, you know he's he's deeply in debt. The banks are chasing him up uh, yeah. for mm-hmm. all the money that he owes them, and uh, you know, like he's been exposed for fraud multiple times. Uh, his son, who was like his uh, sort of right hand man in business, I guess. Uh, who I just think it's very yeah. funny that he's called Kevin. 
as well. Compared to this like really fancy schmancy name like Ghislaine. Like mm. he's got he's got Kevin Maxwell. He <laughs> goes Kevin Ian Ghislaine. Just, just like I've done I've done two Anglo ones, now I'm gonna do a weird one. His wife was French. <laughs> But um yeah, like Kevin was was involved in a lot of this like dodgy cooking of the books and uh you know shifting money around um from pension funds and, and so on. He was in ill health. I mean he, like one of the last things that he did was buy the New York Daily News. Um and like that that was one of like the last things that he he tried to do to like still show that he's like he's he's in the game, you know, like and he's mm-hmm. it's all kind of like yeah inflated profits and 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 whatnot and he's like really just yeah. trying to like give off this image of of an empire which he doesn't even really have at that point it's all a lot of that is just a, a an illusion yeah um mm. and and the the first thing he does at the at the new york daily news is just completely screw the unions that's, that's very just much instinctive like his, yeah, yeah i mean yeah <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> It's it's a it's an empire of screwing collective bargaining, completely destroying it, and using workers' pensions to inflate the share prices and, and you know create this illusion of a successful business. It's just using like absolutely sucking the blood of the workers to the last. Mm. It, it's uh, it's grim. Um, but yeah, he he yeah his his death was mysterious. Uh, to say the least, he um he it was on the Lady Ghislaine his boat. It was setting off from uh, Tenerife, I believe. And um he at this point it seemed like he was a bit depressed. Like even though everyone, all of his family denied that he would like ever kill himself, mm. it was just like out of the question. But he it, it was weird. He did seem to kind of check out of his um his business. You know, he, he he sort of uh, he wasn't answering his calls anymore, and and it, like it had gone completely tits up at this point. I mean, it was hundreds of millions in debt that you could could never pay. And then he was found uh, in the morning uh, in the water. Uh, so he he either fallen out of the boat or he'd been pushed. Um, but he the key thing is he didn't have water in his lungs, so he didn't drown. Uh, so he he must have died uh, before drowning which is uh, suspicious mm. so uh, even though it, it's possible that he he had a heart attack in the water so you don't you don't necessarily have to drown but um that, that that's the um that's the uh, really suspicious evidence which is used his body his body when it was taken out of the water was some um, 22 stone he was a very big guy yeah. and obviously bloated a little yeah. bit mm. but uh, he was <laughs> they had to use like a um a helicopter, which they use this net, which they uh, they always use for cattle in Jesus, order to Jesus. take him out of the water because he was such a big guy. I know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think there was something like um, the autopsy said that the there was no like there were no injury marks consistent with signs of physical struggle or assault. <clears throat> at first, at first, and then the second autopsy when he was his body was transferred to Israel yeah. it showed that actually he had a kind of like weird hemorrhage on his left shoulder yeah. and and they, and they and they and they tried to say that that's because like uh he was apparently trying to hang on to something uh, uh so yeah. like the 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 version yeah. that they went with is that he like slipped and then was yeah. hanging on to the rail before he fell but then that wouldn't make sense because like 
Like surely he'd scream yeah, and, out and, and, and people would hear. It. I mean, it was a big boat. It wasn't. Yeah, that big, like some <laughs> at night, someone would hear yeah. him. He he so fell off the top deck, really like bounced off the railing, and ricocheted <laughs> around three or four times. Sure, fine. <laughs> Generally, the explanation, the 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 sort of sanitized explanation, is that he went to just piss off the back of the boat, which he liked to do a lot. Like he worked. Towards the end of his life, he became a really grotesque man. Like he, there was a gross story about how um, he used to use towels as toilet roll, uh, and like really like luxurious Egyptian cotton. He would use it as toilet roll and then just leave it and then buy new oh. ones. There's like little things like that. <laughs> so that yeah, and so um, so yeah, that that that's the kind of the soft explanation that he just fell mm. off. The edge of the boat at night, and it it makes sense, but it's um it's it's also it's it is very possible that he did fake his own death. Uh, his um his assistant, uh, it was called Andrea Martin. He spoke to her at at one point about faking his own death and saying like, oh, how it would be such like a a nice way to end your life to just go into hiding in South America. I mean, the the funniest possible outcome is he tries to fake his own death, fucks up, dies anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's some Coen Brothers shit. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Obviously, with his uh, his links to Mossad, Mossad had a lot of business in Argentina at the time. I don't. Obviously, uh, Argentina had a big problem in that all the Third Reich were there at the end of the 20th century and uh, Mossad were doing a lot of Nazi hunting. So it would have been, it would have been possible for him to, to sneak off and, you know, like, uh, live his last days in South America uh, with, with all his debts kind of written off as at the end of his life. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it's one theory, but um, it's also, it's also very possible that he was depressed and killed himself. Mm. Sort of the, uh, yeah, but I mean, it's it's interesting to me how like like the similarities with which the end of Epstein's life and the end of Maxwell's life are often portrayed uh, as like yeah. oh they were they were a broken man at this point they knew that they had no way out and like and therefore they had to kill themselves you know like therefore they had to do something drastic you know either like fake their own death or like you know they had to like. Um, you know, to, to take their own life. I don't actually think that's true with Epstein. Like, because like all the testimony of all the other prisoners were like, actually, he was in good spirit. He was really enjoying himself. It's like, yeah. I have, have you seen the Arrested Development when um when he goes to prison, he's just saying like, I'm having the time yeah, of yeah, my yeah. life. <laughs> I always get that impression from Epstein. It's kind of you know he just enjoyed hanging out a bit. It was a bit bit of time to think. To which, um, and obviously, so many things about Epstein's death. Oh no, of course, I'm I'm saying know. like the the way that like some of the media want to portray the end of Epstein's life, yeah. you know, and like, oh, and of mm. course, you know, like he knew that like there was no way out, and of course, he killed himself as a result of that, yeah. which just just very blatantly bullshit. You know? <laughs> like I think I think it's probably true in the case of Robert Maxwell that he was probably pretty broken by that point, but like, yeah, uh, but also, yeah. I, also, it's just there's just it's just too weird the circumstances of his death. Like there is no way yeah. that there's nothing fishy that happened there. I'm sorry, but like, yeah, <laughs> he was meant to go back to London the day after. Like he, it was the end of his trip. 
that like he he was doing this yacht yeah. trip because he was in ill health and he obviously like the the situation for him was really bad back home and the banks were like after him for a, like for, for a huge amount of money um but yeah like you say you know like his his family said that he would you know like killing himself would have been out of the question you know so like there's just something just not right <laughs> i'm standing by my theory faking his own death gone wrong yeah. <laughs> he jumps off the boat tries to swim to another boat and drowns or doesn't drown has a heart attack and then you know just kind of floats off into the night the other boat just says guys let's go <laughs> 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 we can't be seen anywhere near. <laughs> but yeah, um, just generally speaking, yeah, like like we've sort of uh, alluded to before as well. I think like the media response to this whole trial and to uh, like yeah. the Ghislaine Maxwell situation in general has been pretty. I wouldn't say bizarre because it's quite expected, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, just like very <laughs> telling, really. You know, like and and it just shows mm, like yeah. how deep the solidarity runs, like within class lines, and and yeah, sort of definitely. what kind of things people are willing to excuse and 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 pardon in order to yeah, just like maintain that that code of silence and that that solidarity, basically, right? Oh, yeah. you know, Absolutely. Like, the, the the number of people just like saying oh you don't know the real Ghislaine. <laughs> you know well like that's that's the thing is there's so many people who for whom and this ties into what I was saying about Ghislaine's sort of like class position earlier for like for who for them like Jeffrey Epstein's only crime was being vulgar right mm, and yeah, yeah. Ghislaine Maxwell was not vulgar even if she did all of the same things mm. uh, because yeah. she like had had that background because she had been to Oxford. Uh, because she was comfortable in yeah. those circles. She had one generation more yeah, of money. Definitely. Yeah, she, she didn't say things like, but what has that got to do with pussy? <laughs> <laughs> Just the, um, the astonishing level of sympathy that the media can conjure for upper-class people. Her brother is doing a, like a sort of a media tour uh, to the effect that she yeah. is being... Uh, brutalized by the experience of prison, uh, which is, I mean, yeah, sure, prison, prison's bad, it's not good, but like, uh, okay, and? Uh, so I, I assume we all, uh, we all saw the uh, Rachel Johnson piece in The Spectator. Mm, heavily, she, heavily uh... implying that my brother, the Prime Minister, <laughs> has had a sexual relationship <laughs> with Ghislaine Maxwell in an article predominantly about my dogs. I love the British Wait, upper class. <laughs> I actually didn't so catch much. this piece. I actually didn't catch this piece. When was this? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it was uh, early November. Oh she wrote a God. piece in the Spectator, and yeah, it it starts off as just a kind of you know whimsical domestic piece about her dogs, and then uh, and then just as sort of do. tails off into um, oh yeah, by by the way, my brother who is the prime minister may have been having sex with a woman who's on trial for sex trafficking in New York. <laughs> Just like on a whim, it's just the. I I wonder, you know, like <laughs> does this shit happen like reflexively, uh, or oh, yeah. like totally? <laughs> it's, it's like it's, it's it is it's like sneezing. You know, they can't yeah. help themselves. They'll just blurt out. Oh, by the way, my brother. Uh, you know, I, I knew Ghislaine Maxwell at university, and she was putting her boots on my brother's lap. Uh, anyway, about these dogs. <laughs> 
I don't know. Um, sort of the more conspiratorial aspect of me thinks that, like, maybe she's trying to get ahead of something. Mm. Like maybe, like, sort of the the dogs are circling around Boris Johnson a bit, and someone's going to try and sink him with the whole Glenn Maxwell thing, and she's just trying to get out early ahead uh-huh. of it and sort of trying. So so she's not like, oh. I've, Oh, I've never denied this, you know. I I wrote about it. In the, in the <laughs> I'm talking about dogs. So the dogs she was writing about were actually symbolic. <laughs> they, yeah. they were metaphorical dogs. <laughs> <laughs> and also, um, at, at a similar time, the um, the Daily Mail editor Geordie Gregg. Is that yeah, his actual name? name that's Geordie his Greg. actual name. Yes. That's 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 yeah. Oh, come on, that, that's that can't. Father of James Greg. <laughs> yeah, fa- founder of so Greg's. We... <laughs> Father of James Greg and founder of Greg's. Geordie Greg. Um... Geordie Greg sounds like a fucking YouTube channel. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like a guy who does YouTube channel where he reviews other YouTube channels. <laughs> That's what Jordy Gregg sounds like. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that, that like there's already a couple of people that do that. <laughs> so yeah, he was um he was very close to Ghislaine Maxwell and he was sort of fired without any explanation about a month ago. I don't know if that sort of comes into the equation. <laughs> well. um, for for normal reasons, but it, it is the problem is like like I said, it is impossible to find any major ma- media figure in the UK who's not seriously connected to Ghislaine Maxwell. Well, like, this this is true of like yeah. everything from the like uh, extremely dark stuff of Ghislaine Maxwell and and Jeffrey Epstein all the way through to the sort of trivial lib shit like uh, Number Ten having an illegal Christmas party. Yeah, uh, because like part of the reason why that didn't come out is because there were a shitload of lobby journalists at it. Yeah, and nobody's yeah. gonna yeah. fucking like post a picture of Boris Johnson like breaking the law in a way that doesn't matter because it's got like. You know, Robert Peston or Laura Kunzberg in the photo. Yeah. So definitely no one's going to post a photo of him breaking the law in a way that does matter. Mm-hmm. Exactly. No, no, exactly. I, Robert Maxwell was, um, he, he, he was very much you're part of that culture of extremely aggressive litigation mm-hmm. to anyone yeah. who um, is almost, almost sort of automatic and instinctive litigation. Whenever anyone writes anything about you, he was the original uh, Jeff Samuels QC. Uh, just like <laughs> I, I, he sued Private Eye a lot, and he actually managed to win a couple yeah. of times wow. too. But like the, the, the thing yeah. that like interests me about all of this really is that like I think it's sometimes very tempting to go, oh well, it's it's the internet, so now these days you can just find anything on anyone. It's always going to be published somewhere, even if it's not in Britain, and it's like. No, there there is this this entire like uh, sort of subsurface world of secrecy that you just don't have access to, and I think there's a lot of yeah. people have this idea of transparency that just is not really true. Something that's one of the one of the gravest disservices that WikiLeaks and to an extent also Edward Snowden have done the world is make people think, oh well, you know, if if anything was that bad, people would just leak it, and it's like, no, these are these are aberrations. They're not the norm. And there's a yeah. lot of stuff that is that is normative yeah. that is just you know concealed from you. 
Yeah, and the lengths to which people go to make sure that they can't get leaked as well. That's the thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, it's all it's all incentivized ultimately. In order to leak something, you have to have an incentive. Yeah. So like, mm. even though you know WikiLeaks, obviously everything is published was true, and in many cases it was extremely helpful for journalists. I'm sure some of it was sponsored by for sure what foreign government. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, WikiLeaks, it WikiLeaks now is it. absolutely a Russian intelligence operation in the same way that say Bellingcat is sort of this arm's yeah. length leaking machine for NASA. Like yeah. all of this stuff is is, yeah. is useful to someone. Yes. Yeah, like of course, uh, the probably the highest profile British journalist, um, you know, who is self admitted friend of Jeffrey Epstein, Andrew Neil, uh, is is no longer is is currently jobless. I believe you know he is just mm -hmm. uh, just just vacating in the he's, south of he's France. Like like many of us, he is he is jobless and posting. Exactly. Um, <laughs> is he even posting though? I think he's... Oh, he's he's posting very much on Twitter about oh. how he is going to sue everyone who writes anything about him. Ah, very good. Very so good. so enjoy enjoy the legal lesson. Guys. <laughs> uh, yeah. He blocked me ages ago for posting the uh, Jeffrey Epstein black book. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's actually in talks to rejoin the BBC. Like, I think oh, he's I mean, back I, 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 like that would wasn't. not be surprising to me at all. You know, no, it's a bit no, like you know when, that. like, Big Sam takes over West Ham or something again. Uh, it's just like, <laughs> you know, it's just, like, it's just one of those things that you just it's know. That, yeah, exactly. You just, you just know it's gonna happen. <laughs> like, you just, Get him to shore it up. Get it back on the stick. <laughs> But yeah, Andrew Neil had the very rare uh, transatlantic double yeah. dress in Jeffrey Epstein Blackfoot. That's like that's like when you've completed it. <laughs> I got, got two addresses in New in New York and London. Doubly implied. <laughs> Sentence for life twice. But yeah, I mean, um, what do we think uh, will be the ultimate outcome of this trial? We reckon. Uh, do we do 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 we think that Ghislaine is gonna face any consequences? Do we think that she's gonna get uh, Epstein? I, I think she's she, she's she's made her deal already. Clearly, mm. to to still be yeah. with us yeah. at the moment, and so I I think she's gonna get some kind of like acceptable uh, level of like federal prison, and then she's gonna disappear forever once she gets out. I think she's gonna get yeah a few years. In yeah, one of these really soft bullshit prisons, uh, and yeah, they're gonna keep going. A lot of people in the media are gonna keep uh, trying to pursue this narrative that she's sort of a patsy, and actually she's the real victim. You know, the she's the Eve who's the victim of Adam, uh, and this you know this is gonna soften it up, and she's gonna probably get out early after like three years of a five year sentence. And then she's gonna get murdered like, <laughs> almost instantly. Yeah, <laughs> but when we say, when we say disappear quite... forever, there's a yeah. couple of different yeah. ways that that could <laughs> go. Um... Not quite as uh, crudely as the Jeffrey Epstein obvious murder, like in prison, like he hangs himself and somehow breaks his own neck, despite like he wasn't, he didn't like jump or anything like that. 
and the security guards all just like had this massive bout of like yeah. narcolepsy like right around that time there was this real <laughs> epidemic i know <laughs> and and also crucially like his last public statement was like i will definitely never kill myself <laughs> <laughs> if i if you if you need to know anything about me is that I will definitely <laughs> never kill myself. I will never hang myself in my cell. But like before he killed himself, like wasn't he like beaten up by his cellmate? Like this guy called Joey yeah, Baloney. Who, <laughs> jo- yes, Joseph who was Bologna. like an ex-cop uh, who had killed like four people. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Do you say his name was Joey Baloney? Was that was probably? I don't, I don't know. This no, is no, thing. no. Like I, I, wait, no. Hang on, hang on. No, no, that was a different guy, Joseph Bologna. Like there was, there was, there was this guy like in the news last year called joseph bologna but i can't remember if it was like it was either the guy that beat up jo- jo- joseph bologna was like a, a philadelphia police officer <laughs> he was a, he was a who, police officer yeah. wasn't he yeah like I, I think that that's it yeah he was he was one of the the, the police officers during the blm protests uh who like yeah did something epstein's dumb cellmate uh <laughs> Nicholas Tartaglione. Tartaglione, that's it. <laughs> Which, yeah, sure, okay. That's, but al- yeah. also, like, a former police officer who, like, uh, I think mm-hmm. he, like, killed someone, didn't he? Uh, he and... killed four people in, yeah, like, yeah, a yeah. drug deal gone wrong. Yeah, yes. like like a serious, yeah. <laughs> like a pretty fucking serious charge that he was in there for. If you had to pick a guy to, like, uh, become a, a hitman in prison, yes. Probably that guy. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, Jeffrey Epstein going, I'm definitely not going to kill myself. That that In some circumstances, that makes me believe that someone might. Like, John McAfee basically said, if I ever get arrested, I'm not killing myself. And then immediately killed himself because that's yeah. that's the kind of guy that John McAfee was. It's a real wild card. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. He just had incredible swag, didn't he? he was... <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit like when a manager is about to get sacked, and then, then the board comes out like <laughs> with full confidence. <laughs> 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 no, Roberto Martinez is definitely not going. <laughs> if there's one thing you can say about John McAfee, it's that he absolutely did not believe the same thing for two consecutive minutes in his life. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and um, I reckon, like, if if Ghislaine does go, it'll be like one of those scenes from you know one of those movies where the character like sits down in their car. And then realizes that there's been someone sitting in the back seat the whole time, and then they just like they have that like that look of resignation that like that their moment mm. has come, you know, like this. Yeah, is, she this... she she's gonna she's gonna go out like the end of the long Good Friday. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> she's just gonna hear Layla by Eric Clapton stop playing. <laughs> she knows the camera gonna... zooms out from the car. <laughs> you just hear a muffled gunshot. Yeah. Some birds, some birds <laughs> flying away, and the credits start start rolling. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it'll be it'll be closer to her her dad's mysterious death than her lover's mysterious death. She'll probably get found sort of floating somewhere and it's you know, it's the it's very it's it's very vague. It's not quite as, as crude and as blatant. Well she she tried to go on the run before she was uh before she was arrested and fairly successfully. Yeah. Um. So she yeah. evaded them for like a for like a year, more than a year or something, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then that that just strongly suggests that they weren't actually pursuing her for a long time. <laughs> also true. It's, I don't know if you know there was you know like 
when when Epstein died, I don't know if until then there was like an unspoken agreement. Because like from she basically went off the grid at about 2015, mm. which is when Virginia Giuffre, um did the civil case against her and Jeffrey Epstein. She then just really kept her head down. She was living in New Hampshire, yeah. a place called Manchester on the Sea, which really annoys <laughs> me for some reason. <laughs> and then, yeah, ultimately she was found in just this, yeah, this really small place in New Hampshire, sort of the middle of nowhere, sort of like retirement villagey type uh, New England. Mm. And yeah, yeah, but she did. Uh, yeah, she managed to evade evade capture for a long time. And then um, it wasn't. She actually like she was always bumping into friends and stuff. Like there were a lot of um, a lot of witnesses who say who say they saw her and like different like on different planes and stuff like that. So it wasn't uh, it wasn't like a masterminded effort to like live underground. It was just the fact she was just yeah. It was just no one really pursuing her. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, she's most certainly on trial now. And uh, what? Or is she? Or is she? <laughs> Get some fucking DNA tests going. Make sure this isn't like a double situation. Exactly. She's with her father in Argentina. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, the trial is is likely to last um, for quite some time still, right? I mean, like it's gonna definitely go into yeah. the new year. Um, so. They've only got through like two victims so far, and there's loads. So it's yeah, it's gonna really mm -hmm. uh, yeah roll on and uh, yeah, and yeah. like you know, as much as you know, it's important for these testimonies to come out to the public and for there to be justice. It's just very difficult, like, to not be very cynical about this and 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 feel like there won't be any real consequences for any of the people involved. Uh, because mm -hmm. they are some of the most powerful and, uh, yeah, richest and most powerful people in the world. Um, and yeah, it's just all a little bit depressing, isn't it? I mean, like this, just just this whole thing. And like at the end of the day, like you were saying, you know, like no one's really talking about the victims, you know, and and like yeah. and and the untold numbers of people, you know, like who haven't been mentioned, you know, like who haven't been able to uh, yeah, tell exactly. their stories, um, in all of this and. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important, like, for all of us, even if we are able to joke about these things, like, in the moment, like, to kind of, to, to always keep that in the back of our minds, you know? Um, yeah, I uh, think that's something yeah. you can very easily sort of lose if you do, yeah. say, a, an entire podcast about mm. Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah. That's something that you can, yeah. Yeah. But there is, there is an inherent absurdity about of it. Of course. Know, like, it, it remains, it's extremely dark and it's extremely mm -hmm. bleak. But there is, there is just something just so so ridiculous about having these kind of elite figures, which you can just read about and know what they're up to, but knowing that they will ultimately get away with it. You know, I mean, like Ghislaine Maxwell, she'll take the hit, she'll go to prison for a few years, maybe, but ultimately she wouldn't be there in court if she if she was threatening to go public with even like one percent oh, yeah. of what went yeah. on. Like if she was gonna rat out even someone who's not even like a Bill Gates or a Bill Clinton or something, there was no way she would be alive to be in court, and everyone knows that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think yeah, there, there's something inherently very, very absurd about that, which I think um, it is. It is deeply gripping, though. You can see why 
um, you can see why it's uh, it's stolen so many headlines. It's not because of the glamour and the sex, like a lot of like really hacky journalists like to like to portray it as. Like these are a bunch of like really ugly old British people. Mm. Like people aren't <laughs> following it for the salacious aspect. No, they're, no, they're following it out of out of anger and resentment at the clear injustice if you if you, if you look at the photos of prince andrew with virginia jeffrey that's uh that's not a glamorous sort of no. it's 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 a <laughs> no. flash left on ass photograph for one thing yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's it's just the whole thing that, that and like it, <clears throat> i think it it also like confirms the suspicion that that so many people very instinctively have that they are basically ruled over by a bunch of sickos uh, by a bunch mm. of people with yeah. like absolutely zero moral compass who are willing to, yeah, like do the absolute worst things imaginable. Um, and and they very often do. Well, I think the the whole sort of paedophilia aspect of it, it's almost like a like a sign of solidarity amongst elites. Mm, you know, it's sure. almost like a kind of handshake because once you once you become involved in these very um. Oh, these it's serious crimes, this very immoral and yeah, it's a, it's just like mutual network like of like blackmail, yeah. but mm -hmm. also like yeah. shared guilt. Sure, yeah, yeah, it's the easiest and mo yeah most effective way to just create a little club, you know, create that that instant kind of psychological bond where you're bound by unspeakable secrets. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, so yeah, I mean, obviously, I guess. Uh, it remains to be seen what the next few months will hold, um, and the next, well, yeah, what the what the rest of the trial will hold. So, um, or how and when Ghislaine Maxwell will disappear. Uh, but um, <laughs> yeah, just want to say a, a huge thank you as well in that case, Alice, for for coming on and for for joining oh, us. Oh, my pleasure! Thank you for having me. Yeah, for, for being uh, uh, joining us on this path to becoming Ghislaine Pilled. Uh, and uh, <laughs> yeah, would you like to tell our listeners, for anyone listening who might not know, uh, you know where to f where to find you online? Sure, and, sure. Uh, any, you can any uh, projects that you do. Yeah, you can you can follow me on on Twitter at Alice Avizandum. Uh I have three podcasts. I'm on Trash Future. I'm on Kill James Bond, and I'm on Well, There's Your Problem. Uh, so please check any of those out if you're interested. Absolutely, uh, and um, yeah, as as always, I'm Arjan at Arjanistan on Twitter, and I'm at Juan Alessi. <laughs> <laughs> and we are at Leftover Pod on Twitter and on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Leftover Pod. Our first ever Patreon exclusive episode is out, so do check it out. Uh, Five pounds a month or more, should you choose to. Should you choose to feel generous, uh, if 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 you want, uh, but yeah, uh, we there is going to be written content from us as well, especially in the new year. So do look out for that. That's going to be on the Patreon. But uh, yeah, massive thanks to all of our supporters as always, and uh, yeah, um, a huge thanks to to Claudio for the music. Big thanks to Connor for the production. Thanks to all of you for listening, and we'll catch you all next time. Cheers. Oh, making my mind slow. That's why I don't with the big four. Oh, bro, I got.
to maintain. 